It's not Teddy. It's Derek Carr. <laughs> Mike's got a point there. Um, Javante Javante Williams or Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. Derek Carr. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Grisco. I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Boys, the question on everyone's mind, did Wilmer Flores swing? Hell no. No, <laughs> no I mean, uh, not at all. How, if, okay, if I'm, if I'm that first base umpire and I'm getting checked on by the home plate umpire, in in a game that is matters as much as this game does in the NLDS, that batter, regardless if it's a Giants or Dodger, had better be going more than halfway around. I have better yeah. well be one hundred percent sure that 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 batter um, you know goes more than a half half check, and he didn't even go half check. I mean, it no. was, it was it wasn't even close to that. So. There's still a moment away from the fans and baseball and everything else because um, you you think that he went. That's as bad from the very beginning. Yeah, stripping like my Giants fandom out of this. Like you had this was this was pegged as the two best teams in baseball. This was a de facto championship series. And they were went down to the last batter and it was a, a close game. They had what Saber calls a golden pitch moment where any pitch could end the series for either team and to have it go out on a incorrect judgment call from the first base umpire. And we wonder why baseball is bleeding fans. It's like, right. Yep. <sighs> all right. And we they're all looking get... at the wrong things too. Let's, let's put someone on second base. Let's, let's have a countdown of clocks. I mean, I don't know if those are wrong or right, but it's not in the right area that needs to be fixed. What needs to be fixed is that these umpires um, are and it's, it's not necessarily their fault at all times because these pitchers are so good that they, they make magic out of these baseballs that go from, you know, from wide outside of the plate to right down the middle in like, a quarter of a second and you were expecting these umpires to make that judgment in, 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 you know, many kills a second. So it's not, it's not so much on them as much as it is too on them. But we, I mean, I hate the idea of robo umps, but you, you got to have it. It's just, you just can't have these kind of situations occur. Yeah. It's preposterous. All right. Let's uh, let's get into football. The reason we're all here. So, um, this is the week, what is this, week six now, edition of the Football Absurdity Podcast. If this is your first episode, welcome in. What we do is we take a look at Thursday Night Football in this episode, as well as looking forward at Sunday's games. And what we do is we take a look at um, what we want to see that might have a fantasy actionable impact in that game. Uh, if this is your first episode, uh, welcome in. Like I said, you can find us anywhere you get podcasts. If you'd like the second half of this episode, uh, it's going to be on Patreon, patreon.com slash footballabsurdity, three bucks a month gets you our Tuesday episodes. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 
football absurdity. Normally, this episode is on Twitch, but we're recording it earlier because I have to go do wedding stuff for my buddy's uh, wedding that I'm in. Uh, so that uh, back next week, we'll probably be back on the Twitch. Uh, we are on Twitch seven days a week, if you include that. Uh, Walker and I are on on Wednesdays. I'm on on Monday and Sunday. Then we have Thursday night Farceball. Um, which last night I didn't get a chance to listen, but I'm sure they were absolutely going off on Justin Fields uh, play calling, holding him back. But um, there's also betting and DFS advice as well. You can check us out again, twitch.tv slash football absurdity. And then you can check out the discord tiny.cc slash FB absurdity. You can follow Walker on Twitter, big daddy Dricks. Mike is RFL Red Zone. I am Jeff Crisco, K R I S K O, and the website is F Ball Absurdity. So, guys, let's get into it. Let's get right into it, right down to business. Uh, last night's game, Thursday night football, uh, Buccaneers take it down 28 to 22. It wasn't really that close. The Buccaneers kind of got out to a big lead and then took their foot off the gas, and Philly came back to make a game of it. Um, they're five and one now. Philly is two and four. Um, the injury news in this one, um, I mean, the big, the biggest news that overshadows everything, I think is, uh, Zach Ertz isn't an Eagle anymore, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't see any injury news for the Eagles. Um, Richard Sherman for the Buccaneers injured his hamstring early on in this game, uh, which is why, uh, Jalen Hurts was able to take advantage for 115 passing yards. So, um, I'll start off. My question was the first one, which was, uh, are we going to see a trustable Giovanni Bernard role? So Giovanni Bernard yeah. had scored a, yeah, <laughs> had scored a touchdown the week before um, on a an early pass uh, dump off. Uh, he had only gotten uh, four rushes and two targets in week five. So I thought, oh, maybe this is the start of something new because, you know, he's back from injury this week. He had two targets for four yards. So think that Giovanni Bernard is not going to get one of those um, reliable like Jamal Williams type roles in this offense because Leonard Fournette is starting to get targets as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette ended up with six targets in this one, and that's kind of the Giovanni Bernard role. So if they have Lenny catching passes, I mean, there's no way to project any sort of Giovanni Bernard role going forward unless there's an injury to Fournette and then they're going to split up the touches between Rojo and Bernard. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bernard is pigeonholed into that kind of same <clears throat> the same deal that McKissick is pigeonholed into right now for Washington, where he's the the third down and um, two minute and like trailing big guy. But the Bucks are pretty much never trailing big. They don't face a lot of long third downs. Um, they don't have to score in the two minute drill a whole lot. You know, to, based on the fact that they're a good football team. So, whereas McKissick has occasional value because Washington is bad and against good teams, they have to play from behind. And so McKissick gets a reasonable amount of, of play. Um, mm -hmm. Bernard has to have a very specific type of, he either has to play a team like Miami, who's just playing like garbage, or he has to play in a game where Tampa is trying to come from behind, which is extremely rare um, and won't be particularly common going forward. So um, I don't think Bernard's a guy that needs to be rostered. Yeah, I agree. Mike, do you think Bernard belongs on rosters in 10 and 12 team leagues? Um, I think 
it depends on your depth of roster and if you are uh, in bye week hell or injury hell and you you need someone that at the very least is going to put up five to double digit points bernardo is going to do that for you but if you're okay and you're you know you're in a situation where you're not really looking for a running back or a flex option or anything like that regardless of whether it's bye week or injuries then no so only in, in i guess only in breaking glass extreme situations only are are you going to roster giovanni bernard so what i'm hearing is no pretty much no. <laughs> yeah exactly all right sounds good so um Let's get on to uh, Mike's question, and I want to roll this forward. So, Mike, you asked if Zach Ertz was going to be top 12 without Dallas Goddard. So why don't we talk about that, and then we can talk about this trade that happened, which is uh, Ertz is now a um, an Arizona Cardinal. He was traded for a pick, and um, I want to make sure I get the name right, Tay Gowan, um, who's a cornerback as well as a 2022 fifth rounder. So, um this might set the record between scoring a touchdown and getting traded, but um, mm-hmm. my, <laughs> Mike, why don't you talk about uh, Zach Ertz last night and then what you think going forward for Ertz in Arizona and then Goddard in Philly without Zach Ertz around? So, yeah, I mean, pretty much Zach Ertz did what we would expect Zach Ertz to do without Dallas Goddard, catch a touchdown. I think his yards were a little, uh, you know, unfortunate, Um he only caught four passes, but those four passes led the Eagles as well. So he had six targets, and those six targets um, led the Eagles. So it's it's not a, a terrific performance, but when you look at the rest of the team and he leads the team in receptions and targets, then you're like, and a touchdown, and you're like, okay, well, you know, it could be worse. So he – him in Arizona is an interesting situation since Arizona traded Dan Arnold. And I'm not saying Zach Ertz is as good as Dan Arnold. Of course, he's better. But uh, they just got rid of a tight end, and now they're bringing in a tight end. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. And there are so many. Wait, so many hold, hold on. They got rid of a tight end. Yeah, they traded Dan Arnold. No, well, Dan Arnold was on. <clears throat> Dan Arnold left in free agency. He was a Panther. Yeah, he was a Panther. Then he got traded yeah. to Jacksonville. So they're replacing Max Williams. Max Williams. Happened. I'm sorry. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, that's what happened. Okay. So yeah, they are replacing. I'm, I'm yeah, I was, I, was con- I was confused. Yeah, I was confused there for a sec. Sorry about that. No um, uh, Dan Arnold will always live in. <laughs> He'll always be a Cardinal. Um, that's how much I love Dan Arnold. Um, so anyway, so Max Williams, right? They're replacing Max Williams, and it's. You know, I don't know what Max Williams did over the year, but I mean, Zach Ertz is obviously a better situation for them. But when you have so many pieces that you're throwing the ball to, Zach Ertz is is not going to be putting up great numbers. Uh, you know, he might as well be with in Philadelphia and with Dallas Gutter and probably get more receptions and targets. Okay. All right, sounds good. Walker, what do you think about this change of uh, Goddard being the only tight end in town? All respect to, I believe, Richard Rodgers, I think is the third. Rod. <laughs> yeah, um, but he's pretty much the only tight end there in uh, in Philly. Yeah, um, I mean, it's good for both Goddard and Ertz, I would say. Um, Goddard will 
probably be back to the uh, like back end to mid to your tight end one spot that we kind of were projecting for him before the season uh, when we thought Ertz was going to get moved in like the preseason or training camp range. Um, yeah, I mean, in bad matchups, because the passing offense can struggle, he'll probably still be on that fringe tight end one range, but in good matchups, he'll be in that like tight end six to eight range, I would say probably. Um, Ertz going to an offense that doesn't always use the tight end so much. I don't know if it's going to be a consistent role, but it'll be more than what he was getting as like the one B tight end in Philly. Plus it's just a better offense in general. So there's a higher percentage chance that he'll be scoring more touchdowns. Um, so I would say he's probably like a fringe tight end one rest of season, whereas Goddard is like a low end tight end one rest of season. Okay. Sounds good. So, um, Walker, you weren't here. So, uh, in honor of your birthday, we, your question was, are you old now? No, you guys are. (laughs) (laughs) He hit the reverse card on us, Mike. There's nothing we can do about it. That's that's true. We're, we're, we're definitely done for, uh, what do you guys think of, um, now with Rondell Moore, uh, Hey, I think Zacharitz is going to really put the kanash on Rondell Moore. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe, maybe not. I think I mean, Rondell Moore is more Chase Edmonds thing. I I think Zach Ertz just kind of takes Max Williams' targets. I mean, it'll be a little more consistent because he's better. But, you know, Williams was averaging, like, what, four or five targets a game. So mm-hmm. Ertz might get, like, one more target than that, like, in the six range. But you can just take that one target from, like, Christian Kirk or A.J. Green and be fine. I mean... It's gonna it's gonna fluctuate based on a game. Like it's DeAndre Hopkins is number one, and then it would appear at this point that Rondell Moore is distancing himself as the number two, and then the threes, the you know the th- third in targets is going to just fluctuate between Ertz, Kirk, Green, and Edmonds on a week to week basis. It's just you know, however the defense decides to cover those guys is how they you know, kind of end up ordering themselves. You know, I, obviously I don't want green rest of season cause he's old and injury prone at this point. Um, I'm not really interested in Kirk cause he's inconsistent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't be too worried about Rondell Moore. I would say I, I his upside wasn't massive anyway, just because the role isn't going to be huge, but, um, you know, he's obviously, he's got the potential with his skill set to, to make big plays and he plays in a conducive offense to that skill set. So I still think he's a good guy to have, like, even in smaller leagues, he's a good guy to have on your bench. You know, you're not going to play him every week, but in good matchups, you can you can flex him, I think. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, all right, you guys ready to move on to Sunday? Sunday, Sunday. All right, kind of took a little bit longer on Thursday Night Football than usual. Oh, one thing, uh, Jalen Hurts proved you don't have to have a good quarterback game to have a good game for fantasy football and you everybody also don't should... have to be a good quarterback to be a good Correct. fantasy football quarterback yes because everybody right can right can now stop complaining about it yeah right now jalen hurts is a bad football quarterback he's mm-hmm. uh i'm not saying he can't become a better one but right now he's not there yeah no he's he's a bad real life quarterback who is good for fantasy and that's fine we just have yeah, to adjust yeah. our expectations Pe- yeah. people forget that 
players, and I'm going to go a little bit in the way back machine here, but like Troy Aikman, who was awful in fantasy football, uh, just awful, but is a Hall of Famer. So if you can have a quarterback that is awful at fantasy football, but be a Hall of Famer, you can definitely have the opposite. And Jalen Hurts is the opposite. Yeah, that's a perfect point where it's like real – uh, real fantasy isn't real life. And people tend to I think this is people putting their dynasty hats on too much and going, oh, well, you know, this guy doesn't have you know the traits to be a winner in the NFL, blah, 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 blah. So he won't be a good fantasy quarterback. And it's like, well, he is right know? now. Yeah, those are two different yeah. things. I, I I was trying to come up with when my with my dad and I know we're still talking about Hertz, but just real quick, with my dad last night when we were watching the game, I was trying to come up with like a comparison for Hertz, and it's tough because of the way he plays. Like he's pretty conservative with the ball, doesn't have the greatest arm, but he can throw a nice deep ball when he sets his feet. Um, he's an effective runner, but not like really elusive or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what I came up with is that he's like a bigger Tyrod Taylor. That makes a, that actually tracks really well like a bigger Whereas, more, or that, more that's, that's like his potential because mm-hmm. taylor obviously what taylor's shown in his career is better than anything hurts has shown so far but um you know taylor for most of his career has been an average quarterback and that's what hurts looks like he'll become if he finds you know if he becomes a little more confident and he gets a little bit better play calling i could see him being like a league average starter yeah i mean that 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 tracks really well i was trying to think and uh, yeah tyrod taylor works really well i think a slightly more athletic tyrod taylor though um because t- tyrod I, I mean i guess i'm probably thinking about tyrod now or, no, you know, Ty- tyrod was an insanely athletic yeah. runner when he was younger i mean he's he's an effective he's, he's an effective scrambler now but he's not the same guy as he used to be yeah he's he's uh 32 now so if you want to feel Crazy. these the the icy grip of time uh yeah i was thinking tyrod taylor was 26 or 27 forget completely forgetting uh about his stint on baltimore as the backup like that just completely came fell out of my head so that i forgot about that too yeah yeah (laughs) i was thinking he started with buffalo but yeah i forgot he was in uh baltimore for four years so um great great comp i like that so now we move to sunday now we move to sunday um, first game, it's another 6.30 a.m. Pacific game. It's Miami and Jacksonville, 1-4 and four versus 0-5. Maybe one day good teams will go to the United Kingdom, but as of right now, we're sending them the trash. Um, did, did you see that, uh, um, what's the quarterback's name from Jacksonville? Um, Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, where he uh, he discussed the game in, in because it's Miami versus Jacksonville, and they, we have to go all the way to London yeah. this game. Yeah, he was like, it's, it's, he said it's ironic, which that's not what irony is, Trevor, but he said right, it's ironic exactly. to go all the way to, to the UK to play a team from Miami. Um, Cause let's see, uh, Jacksonville to Miami is what, probably a five, eight hours. Hour drive? five and a half. So yeah, Woo. yeah Walker got it. Um, I'm used to the length of a state being like 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, California. California. Yeah, stop living in the longest state. um so uh injuries in this one we'll start with miami because they have the most injury news so uh tua vailoa is not on the final injury report so it looks like he will be starting this weekend um in um uh was it tottenham hotspur i think they're playing in this weekend yeah it's tottenham stadium yep yeah 
And then so uh, Devontae Parker is has been declared out, as has Xavier Howard, uh, cornerback. And um, Jacoby Brissett was actually injured or was limited in practice this week. So I don't think they're going to do the rope-a-dope with Tua. I think they're throwing him back out there. Um, for the Jaguars, uh, for the Jaguars, they put their um, uh, starting center, Brandon Linder, on IR. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So... Um, questions in this one. Uh, Walker wants to know, is Miles Gaskin back? And I sure hope so, because I threw him in all my lineups. Yeah, um, I have him ranked 21st this week. Um, I don't see the role becoming, like, large enough for him to be a, like, a set-and-forget type guy, but, um, he's clearly a better player than he showed early in the season. Um, his his games with Brissett when they were close just weren't good because Brissett has the tendency to like lock onto his tight end or run more. Um, Tua likes to throw to the running backs and has a good rapport with Gaskin. So I would guess in close games, Gaskin's going to be used more now than he was when Brissett was in. Um, like I said, I, I don't expect, you know, Gaskin's a guy who's going to get like nine carries a game. So he's not, you know, nine carries and like five or six targets most of the time. This is the role we expected for him. Um, you know, he's basically last year Chase Edmonds, where he's going to be like a low end RB two, pretty much all the time. Okay, um, Mike, what do you think about the Miles Gaskin situation there? I when when basically you're a player that lives and pretty much dies by the pass, and he does. He does more offer more than that. He's sort of like an upper uh, James White that he's going to get a lot of carries and those kind of things a lot more than James White would. But um, he is he's pretty much James White. And your your hopes are that the fact that he catches six or seven passes and rushes for 50 yards and adds another, you know, 60 yards on the ground. So you're looking at, you know, 15, 18 points. Uh but that's the ceiling. He's not going to go more than that. And uh, in more of the cases, he's going to go less. Luckily, he plays the Jaguars. That should help. So I don't know if he's if he's back to what he was last year, but I definitely think he's moving in that direction. Um, if, you know, against Jaguars, I want to see him play a team uh, that is tough against the you know, running backs and dump and, and dump offs and see where he is. But for right now, he had a great game last week. He should have a great game this week. Uh, and then if he does, and he's definitely building momentum on being back. Yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling good about Gaskin um, because uh, li- let's just look at his target volume. Five, five, six, zero, ten. 10. Everybody decided that the zero was the new normal at some point. And, um, you know, his snap percentage, 54, 61, 52, 23, 69. Nice. Um, (laughs) He scored on 69. Yeah, he did. He scored twice on 69, buddy. Um, Nice, nice. Yeah, (laughs) nice, nice. Double nice. Uh, So everybody just decided that, like, what happened against Indianapolis was like the new normal. And I think that it was a big overreaction. I don't think 10 targets is a new normal, but I think five targets eight to 12 carries. I mean, he could, he could pull that off, I think in most games. And last year in two Tungo Vailoa starts, this is what made me so excited for Gaskin was uh, he had 70% of the running back touches and 18 half PPR points into his starts last year. So it's like, 
Gaskin has a long track record of being good with Tua Tungo Vailoa. And, um, you know, he didn't score any touchdowns till this last week. So it kind of dropped down his, uh, um, you know, ranking because touchdowns are fluky, they're bunchy, and they have an outsized um, factor in fantasy point scoring. So it's one of those things where I think that, yeah, I think Miles Gaskin is going to be on the upswing. And um, I hope this is not take lock because I tried to come at this very rationally. Uh, it's also that uh, Salvin Ahmed is not good and neither is Malcolm Brown. So, yeah, it seems like they're kind of starting to figure out that Gaskin is by far the best player in their backfield. Yeah. Because Ahmed barely played last week and Malcolm Brown didn't touch the ball once. Yeah, exactly. And this is also the situation where he had no Devontae Parker last week. He has no Devontae Parker this week. No Will Fuller still. And so it could be another situation where he does take advantage of this with a bunch of targets. So yeah, I, w- um, I would play Gaskin this week. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, I mean, this is almost a, the, the door is basically wide open for him as, like, Kyle Pitts' door was wide open for him last week when you had all these injuries. Um, nobody, you know, you had Gage out and you had Ridley out and those guys. And you're just like, okay, Pitts, now or never. Because yeah. this is all you right now. It's sort of Gaskin's kind of the same role where it's just like, okay, Parker's out and the, all these other injuries are and it's just like, dude, now or never. The door is wide yeah. open. If you don't take advantage of this, then there's going to be more of a problem. Yeah, you know what or get off the pot. Exactly. Yeah, so, all right, um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about in this game? Uh, I think uh, Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good streamer this week. Um, he, Yeah, the, the the Dolphins aren't very good, neither are the Jaguars. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah. Um, what happened to, to that Dolphins defense? My goodness, they were, they were looking so good at the end of the season, like the last yeah. six, seven games, and then they come in this year, and they're just like they're defensive. Ball- their defensive line was way more productive than it should have been based on the personnel that they have. They didn't fix the fact that their coverage linebackers are bad. Xavier Howard's been injured a lot. So it's just been a combination of factors. Yeah. So, all right, guys, question for you. Uh, James Robinson must start. Walker and I kind of talked about that on the Wednesday stream. Uh, Question for you guys, Marvin Jones or Jalen Waddle? I'd play Marvin. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go Waddle just because Marvin Jones hasn't really shown up in the last couple of weeks, which could mean that he'll show up this week. But I, I, I know Waddle is going to get targets um, and he might not do much with those targets. But I just have faith that if I'm looking at two guys that are pretty even, I'm going to go more with the secure guy than I'm going to go with the variant. OK. And oh, the variant. Nice. Uh, you're going to prune that timeline, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna definitely get get all the the time clockers ready and ready to go. Yeah. All right, uh, Lavisca or Waddle? Again, mm, I think it's Waddle. Yeah. Waddle. Yeah. Lavisca Chanel had one target last week, and it was with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, um, not great. Not great, Bob. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess in flex, Miles Gaskin or Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I gotta go Gaskin. I, I on this Gaskin. just because again, as I mentioned, the door is wide open for him, um, and he should perform. Okay, sounds good. So, uh, who are we picking in this one? I am taking uh, Miami. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars may never win a game again. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 last the last time the Jacksonville Jaguars won a game, I don't want to talk about it. So um, oh, right in the right in the crotch, yeah. There was the first game of last year too. So yeah, um, I'm gonna go Dolphins. I will right. also go with the Dolphins. All right, so we got three Dolphins across the board. Um, let me go ahead and put in Miami and Miami. All right, next game up is. Green Bay and Chicago. Green Bay is four and one. Chicago is three and two. This is a 44 and a half point over under, which feels very low uh, when you consider that Green Bay is only four and a half point favorites. I'm not quite sure what Vegas is thinking about either of those. Um, They don't seem to go together. Um, So uh, injuries in this one for Chicago. Damian Williams uh, tested positive for COVID and will be out on Sunday. Um, Allen Robinson did not practice on Thursday. We're uh, recording this early. I haven't seen any updated news on him. Um, Darnell Mooney was limited in Thursday's practice. Uh, absolute mess um, for the Packers. Aaron Jones was limited in Thursday's practice, but they've been doing that every week. Robert Tunyon um, should be active for Sunday, but not in your lineups. Those are uh, the injuries that I'm seeing for this one. And uh, I'm double checking the line here. So when I put this in the dock, it was Green Bay four and a half and 44 and a half. And now it's Green Bay six with an over under of 44. So somehow people got worse about the uh, the Bears. And I guess that probably has to do with uh, Damian Williams. Uh, so, Mike, you want to know in this one if Aaron Jones is top 20? Yeah, <clears throat> right now Aaron Jones is an RB8. Uh, and faces the Chicago's defense, and they are tough against the run. They only allow 20.2 points per game, which is ninth uh, toughest uh, of all teams, and are also tough in allowing quarterbacks to dump off to running backs. And as we know, Aaron Jones is a pretty good receiver out of the backfield. And so not only do they stop the run, but they don't allow quarterbacks to dump off the pass too the running backs very well. Um, they are tied for eighth in that department. Um, they've only allowed 20 dump-offs to the opposing running back. Jones has finished in the top 20 in two of four weeks and three of five in the top 24. So he he's pretty much pretty consistent inside the top 24. It's going to be an interesting situation when you have the ninth toughest defense versus the eighth running back Um of uh, eighth RB, uh, RB running back. Um, I don't know. Um, I think he'll finish in the top 24, but it's going to be close. Yeah. Walker, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think you gotta say yes on that. I mean, Aaron Jones is, uh, just too talented of a player to not expect a top 20 performance out of even against a pretty good Chicago defense. Yeah, I feel like he is a precedent breaker. He's one of those guys where you take all that stuff and throw it out the window. I am worried a couple things. One, A.J. Dillon, it seems like he's being more prevalent in the goal line packages. Uh, Also, he's being used in that sort of that will route that that Aaron Jones makes so many touchdowns out of um, almost on a weekly basis. So. I, I I do have some current concerns with AJ Dillon, um, not as far as a, a football player by any means, but someone who's they're being they want to use in those short to goal line uh, situations. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that Aaron Jones did okay with Jamal Williams taking a bunch of those touches last year. So 
I wouldn't be too overly concerned about that. I think that um I don't uh, think Jamal Williams was using those will routes though. I don't I'm not too sure about that one, but that seemed to be Aaron Jones's, you know, situation to himself. So I'm not saying just, that that's going to last, but I didn't like seeing it last week when they used AJ Dillon's score uh stole that touchdown away from him. I mean, they need to get A.J. Dillon more involved just because they need to see, one, what they have in him, and two, if they can go a whole season without breaking Aaron Jones in half by giving him too many touches. But yeah, I mean, A.J. Dillon has 27 touches in the last two, I'm sorry, 28 touches in the last two weeks. So that's um, definitely something to monitor there. And, uh, you know, that he might still be out there in leagues, uh, definitely worth a stash, but I wouldn't be starting A.J. Dillon. So, um, no, no reason to start A.J. Dillon when he only goes three yards. Yeah, so uh, Devontae Adams or Allen Robinson? Uh, that question was so, like, like <laughs> confusing because I'm like, why are you – yeah, no, I, I think, I think um, yeah, Allen Robinson's definitely your guy. All right, so with no Damian Williams, no David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert is the next man up in um, Chicago. Um, Khalil Herbert or A.J. Dillon, I guess, in this game? Herbert, easy. Okay. Yeah. Mike? I agree, because Herbert's going to be the every down back, uh, and A.J. Dillon is going to be getting no more than 10, 10 touches on that football field. Okay, so let me let me look in different games here. So, because uh, Khalil Herbert is somebody that people might be making the decision to start. Khalil Herbert or Miles Gaskin? Mm, Herbert. I'm, yeah, I'm still gonna go Herbert here, just because Gaskin is regulated. Okay, uh, Herbert or Devontae Parker or Booker? Sorry. Devontae. Um. Herbert again. Mike. Who are the Giants playing? The Giants are playing the Rams. I will go Herbert. All right. Herbert or Damian Williams. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're looking at my rankings, aren't you? Yeah, I am, because I want yeah. to see where he fits in in here. Uh, Herbert or Daryl Williams? Herbert. Herbert. Okay. Uh, Herbert or Chris Carson? Herbert. Is Chris Carson even playing? If he plays. He's supposed to play, yeah. Yeah, he's supposed to play. Um. Well, then I'd go Carson. Okay, so it sounds like he's a top 20 guy for both of you guys this week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would, I might just slot him right into the Damian Williams position. At, at 17? Yeah, that, that'll be around where he ends up. While you're at it, move Leonard Fournette up so he looks smarter. No. <laughs> I think 16 right. was good enough. I mean, I basically I was telling you play him. So yeah. I no, right. I mean, yeah, it works out. I um, think you can safely drop uh, Ronald Jones. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. yeah. I think I, we told I think we told you to drop him 2 weeks ago, but yeah. Uh if you're still hanging on to him, don't do that anymore. I'm he's I have what Scott Vishwell's what 23 man rosters and I'm Yeah, staring, you should you should probably keep him in that one, yeah. but like I I'm staring at him though. I'm really wanting to like move on and I have two kickers, so that tells you how I'm feeling about Ronald Jones. Well, I'm I'm the same way. I I have him in my home league with 10 team owners and oh, Get him out of there. But I just like I just like if something happens to Leonard Fournette then this is going to be entirely uh, Rojo's backfield, and I don't know. Oh, it'll be Giovanni Bernard in Rojo. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, crap. <laughs> He's right. All right, guys. Let's. Uh, so who are we picking in this one? I am going Green Bay. 
Mike? Yeah, I'm going Green Bay as well. Right, I'm going to go with the Bears. What? Yeah. Oh, Bears. Look at Walker. With uh, no running back? Doesn't matter. Running backs don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one up. Cincinnati, 3-2. and two, At Detroit, 0-5. Oh Should be 2-3. and three. Uh, 47.5 point over under. Cincinnati, 3.5 point favorites. Um, injuries in this one, I guess not an injury. Uh, I saw a push notification. The Bengals are expecting a full workload from Joe Mixon, so you can fire him back up. Last week I said to bench him because the volume concern and – the argument for Joe Mixon is volume, so if he wasn't getting all volume, you should have benched him. Uh, but you can go back to starting him. Uh, Joe Burrow is practicing in full with his throat contusion, which is a fun injury to think about. Um, Samaj P. Ryan is on the COVID-19 list, um, so Chris Evans would be the next man up. But I don't understand this obsession with Chris Evans. Um, everybody's just deciding he's going to be good. Um, as for the Where Lions... Where did that come from? What? Where did where did the obsession for Chris Evans come from? I don't know. Everybody's like sneaky play Chris Evans. I'm like, why would that be even a sneaky play? If anybody's going to be a sneaky play, it's going to be Samajay Piran. <laughs> yeah, last week, yeah, Samajay would have been the sneaky play, which he was. He was a good play. So, um, for the Lions, um, Jamal Williams didn't practice on Thursday with a hip injury and illness, which was added to his hip injury before. Um, Walker, I didn't see anything about today. Did you see anything about Jamal Williams on Lions Twitter? Haven't yet. No, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming that he's going to play. Um, you know, they, they've been pretty, uh, they've been pretty consistently limiting both the running backs in practice, and they've both played every week, so I'm not concerned about him. Okay, sounds good. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson uh, returned to practice on Thursday, um, which hopefully he should play this weekend. I don't see a reason why not. Um, and Frank Ragno is out for the season with turf toe, which every time it comes Uh-oh. up, I say. The silliest sounding injury that sound that is actually the most painful. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm right there with you on that. Oh, turf toe. Oh, how cute. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's it it sucks. And then Quintus Cephas broken collarbone bone is on IR as well. Um. So the question for this one is Walker, you want to know if uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who Jared Goff said he wants to get more involved in the Lions' offense, if he can finish top 40 in this one with no Cephas, maybe he can take advantage of this. Yeah, I mean, I, he's been clearly getting the most targets the last couple of weeks of the receivers. Um, he also looks the best of the of the Lions receivers. They play from behind a lot, so they have to throw a lot of passes. Um, Jared Goff doesn't like to throw down the field, and St. Brown works well in the short area uh, to intermediate. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's a really good route runner. He's strong, um, good hands. So I, I think he's he's certainly not an upside play by any means, but um, Amon Ra is a guy that I think should be on your rosters. Heck yeah, it's on my roster. That's right. <laughs> That's right, Mike. Let's go. And uh, uh, with the bye weeks coming up, Amon Ra is a good PPR fill-in guy because he's most weeks going to get at least probably five or six targets. And he's going to catch most of them because they're such short area targets. So, you know, he's got a, a nice like baked in floor of like seven points. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's um, he's in that like Hunter Renfro, uh, the zone that zone vacated by Cole Beasley that like, Hey, he's going to get a lot of targets and he's going to catch a bunch of them. What'd you say? 
Jacoby Myers. Myers. Yes, yeah. Jacoby Myers, another one. Um, real quick, I just got push notification. Uh, Darnell Mooney has been upgraded to full. Um, he's been upgraded to healthy. So um, if you were thinking about starting him, his uh, injury doesn't seem to be a concern. That was the last game we talked about. Um, in this game, uh, Joe Mixon or DeAndre Swift this week? Swift. Yeah, I, I, I'm liking the Swifty Swift. Yeah. Um, so as... Jamar Chase and T. Higgins have gotten healthier. Tyra, or Tyler Boyd has gotten kind of uh, set aside. So Tyler Boyd or Amon Ross St. Brown in full PPR? I got to go Boyd. Give me St. Brown. Why not? Yeah. Go all the way. If you're going to go halfway, go all the way with him. That's right. Uh, have sex with Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's have some sex. Boys, boys, boys. Please, this is a Let's regular episode. Of, and I have stuff to do this afternoon. I can't be editing. Um, uh, That's not explicit. Of, That's fine. It's not a swear word. TJ Hawkinson or Walker's newest tight end, Dalton Schultz? Wow. We're looking at those guys. Together I would now. go with Schultz. Oh. I have to go Schultz, too, until Hawkinson returns back to week one and two performer. And, and okay. Hawkinson's the better player, but Schultz is getting the much more consistent target share. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, Hawkinson or – this time I'm not going to look at Walker's ranking so he doesn't call me out. Um, Hawkinson or Hunter Henry? Hawk. Hawk. Okay. Hawkinson or Fant? I would still go with Hawk. Okay. Or just what? Or uh, Hawk or Gasicki? Oh, um, Hawk, especially okay. with Tua coming back. Yeah, agreed. Hawk or Travis Kelsey? Oh, Hawk, easy. No, Hawk Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying Travis to get you guys. To, I was just trying to get you guys to say a name that wasn't Hawk and said. Travis who? Travis, who? All right, uh, who are we picking in this game, boys? Bengals. Yeah, the Bungles. The Bungles? God. Like, that's disrespectful. Zach Taylor has just died of uh, ro- being roasted. That's right. <laughs> he was roasted to death. I, too, am picking the Bengals. All right, Mike, cover your ears. Houston has the same record as Indianapolis. They are both one and four. One of these teams was supposed to be a dumpster fire. The other was not. Uh, 43 <laughs> point over under Colts. Nine and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one. Rodrigo Blankenship. Uh, Get him out, out. Out with a hip injury. He's out of here. Don't, put, don't play him in your kicker spot. Yeah. Uh, don't start him in flex either if you can do that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton said he almost retired from his neck injury. Um which I said he probably should have retired. Yeah, it um, sounds like a good idea. You're old. Yeah, you're old and your neck doesn't work. How, how's that working out for you? Um, Laramie Tunsil had some thumb surgery for the Texans. Um, are, you sure didn't have, are you sure he didn't have Tunsil surgery? Folks, <laughs> folks, get him out of here. Get him out of here. I'm done. <laughs> I Jeff, leaving the podcast. I'm leaving the podcast. I'm not even going to stop the recording. I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> Jeff Crisco uh, triggered. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> uh, Looney Lib. Jeff Crisco triggered. <laughs> triggered by. Triggered by. By Tunsil joke. <laughs> All right. So the question in this one is: 
Mike wants to know if Davis Mills, who was suddenly good last week against the uh, Patriots, if he is good or only good when Mike doesn't ask about him. Yeah, so um, I, I left Mills' at, uh, question out against the Panthers because the Panthers are a pretty good defensive team. And I'm like, after what he showed up um, the previous week when he threw four interceptions and he was only throwing four yards per, per pass, it's like, okay, what is he going to do against the Panthers? So I left that. And then he, um, um, with um, the Patriots last week, um, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Um, <laughs> you're talking about you're dedicating time to Davis Mills. Nobody knows what you're talking about. Right now. <laughs> I don't yeah, even know this, why I'm asking about a, Davis Mills. This is a fantasy no football this show. <laughs> Davis Mills is not a starter in fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know why I'm asking about him. I just love Davis Mills. Um, so I, I think my love for Davis Mills out, outshined the, the fact that I was like not being logical with this question here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I think Davis Mills performed great against New England when basically Bill Belichick makes like all rookies look like they should even go back to college. But he threw for 312 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and then the week I asked about him, he threw like I said, he threw four interceptions. Uh, now he has the Colts and they give up the 29th point, most points to quarterback. So I think in a streaming situation, why not go for it? Go for Davis Mills, because if he can if he can just destroy the Patriots, then he should be able to have a very good game against the Colts. So if you're looking at um, if you need to stream in a two quarterback league, I agree. If you need to stream in a one quarterback <laughs> league, I do not Forget agree Get about it. I think he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to finish in the top 14 of quarterbacks this week. Wow. I so here's a, here's the Davis Mills fact uh, that I dug up. Uh, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, and Davis Mills. Those are the only quarterbacks to throw for 300 pass yards or three touchdowns against Bill Belichick's Patriots. Davis Mills is the only one to do both. There you go. That's he's my good guy. now, folks. Folks, he's good now. Davis Never. Mills, Davis Mills, not just the throat goat anymore. He's just the goat now. <laughs> He's just the goat. Hey, he Never. was a five-star quarterback in in high school. That's Never. all that matters. Yeah. Never mind that one of the bombs was a flea flicker and the other one was a broken play. Uh, never, never mind that that's how he got all of his, his, uh, yardage, but, um, he's good that now. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. No, no, that doesn't matter. All right. Davis Mills or Carson Wentz. God. Davis Mills or oh. Carson Wentz. Wentz. All right. Uh, Naheem Hines or David Johnson? Hines. Yeah. What are people doing with Naheem Hines, Mike? Are we getting Not rid of him? Not playing in much. Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, until... Carson Wentz just doesn't go in that direction. He doesn't. He doesn't look for the dump off pass like Philip Rivers does. So if you if your quarterback's not looking to dump the ball off, then Naheem Hines is basically useless because that's his job is to catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, he's getting more really more uh, action point wise uh, running the ball than he is actually catching this. So uh, he's um, it, yeah, it's. Carson Wentz just doesn't look for the for the running back. He's yep. looking for Michael Pittman or Kylan Granson of all people. And um, yeah, really, Naheem Hines is an afterthought. So I would not start at Naheem Hines. Okay, uh, Michael Pittman or Brandon Cooks? 
Cooks. Ooh. Uh, it's, it's Cooks and it's not close. Ooh. It, it, it's Pittman and it's close. Ooh. Get him. I'll bet, I'll bet Mike, I will bet Mike a pizza. I want to remember this one. Pittman Shout out Evan. I will bet Mike a pizza that Cooks has more points than Pittman. Mike? You're, you're betting what now? A pizza. pizza. A pizza pie. So like $10. Um, okay. I can do Mike, that. Mike, you can get a nice Mountain Mike's pizza. All right. For Mountain Mike's? <laughs> Mountain, like Mountain Mike Valverde. Mountain Mike Valverde. That's new what they nickname, call it. New nickname yeah. just dropped. That's, that's what Cooks is going to have to do. He's going to have to climb a mountain to beat Michael Pittman out. Mount, Mount Pittman. Mount Pittman, baby. Yeah, so um, the tight end situation there, I just want to keep tracking this because the uh, Texans have been next level bad against bad uh, tight ends. So they are. Oh, the yeah. mo- they you have allowed stream, them. Yeah. You can stream Mo, Big Mo. Yeah, Big Mac, Big Mo Alley Cox, folks. Uh, yeah, they have allowed the most fancy points to tight ends playing against Chris Manhurts, James Astronacy, Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper, Tommy Tremble, Dan Arnold, Dawson Knox, Hunter Henry, and John U. Smith. They haven't played the top flight guys yet, and they're they're terrible. They're bad. So Big Mac is in play. Um, with uh, Is Jack Doyle playing? Why did I feel like Jack Doyle got hurt? No, he's not playing. Jack he's just playing. not playing as much not as good. Alley Cox. Yeah, so, okay, so no Jack Doyle. So, um, who are we picking in this one? I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Texans. What? I can't pick the Colts. Sorry, Mike. What? Why not? What? Why? No, I'm, I'm taking the Colts. I'm taking the Colts. I'm also taking the Colts. Come on, guys. I was going to say, what? Right. Next week, I won't be taking the Colts. I will be who, physically fucked. I'll be physically fighting Mike next week. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> week. Right. yeah, Niners Colts. All right. Uh, Are you going to the game? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be out there watching Nate Sudfeld light up the Colts. <laughs> that would be embarrassing. Uh, all right, next one up is Rams and the Giants. Rams are four and one. Giants are one and four. Forty-eight and a half point over under. Rams nine and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one, none of note for the Rams except for cornerback Darius Williams was placed on IR. He's been a very good cover corner for them this year. And I, if you looked at Rams Twitter yesterday, I got very confused because it looked like he died. Because uh, Jalen Ramsey was like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll win this one for D-Will. We'll keep going, you know. And everybody was like, he's so brave. What a great leader. It's like, yeah, your, your teammate got hurt. You say, yeah, we'll win this for this one. I don't know. Stupid stuff. All right. For the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones does seem to know where he is now. Um, and he appears to be ready for week six. Kadarius Tony limited practice this week. Uh, but the chaos agent should be playing on Sunday. Um, Darius Slayton also on track to return um, on Sunday. As is Sterling Shepard. Kenny Galladay is up in the air. He has a hyperextended knee. And uh, um, Saquon Barkley remains sidelined with his uh, massive ankle injury, um, which I was watching it. I didn't realize how fluky his ankle injury was. Do you guys see how it happened? Yeah, he like stepped backwards onto his offensive lineman or something. No, it was he was or the, the other play, way around. The play was dead. And a, a, a um, cowboy was just kind of just like jogging. You know, when you're done running, you kind of just like jog your way to a stop. And Saquon Barkley just wasn't watching where he was going. And his foot landed on the the cowboy and just kind of tweaked his ankle. It was the flukiest of injury that I can think of. Um, so 
Walker, your question in this one was, uh, is Robert Woods going to be a wide receiver one again after a big week last week? And God, I sure hope so. Yeah, um, I'll lean to the no side, but I don't think that means you shouldn't play him. I, I definitely think that the fact that it's even a question means that Robert Woods should be in your lineup. Um, he's obviously a talented player. The Giants don't have a whole lot of ability on the outside at corner, so I would uh, yeah, I, I would be firing up my Robert Woods um, and obviously Cooper Cup. Okay. Um, so, Mike, question for you. Kadarius Tony, how do you feel about him this week? I think as long – I don't know who's out. Is uh, Slayton and uh, – Sl- Slayton and Shepard are probably both playing. Shepard definitely is. Slayton probably is. So, yeah, I don't have much feelings for Kadarius Tony. I, he's – He's definitely a rookie that's very talented um, outside of trying to, you know, not punch players for no reason. Um, and, you know, he's definitely a two cent head, but he he is pretty stifled with with a Giants receiving core. And unless there's an opening, then I don't see it. He could be he could go in that Kenny Galladay role, which means four receptions for 57 yards. But he's not startable by any means. I mean, we're in a situation. Who did you call potential? Oh, you called. Uh, never mind. You called Giovanni Bernard potentially rosterable. I was gonna say we can't do this with Gio Bernard and then do this with um, Kadarius Tony. But you're you're saying two different things, so I will not get mad at you, Mike. Um, Walker, uh, rebuttal about Kadarius Tony. I feel like he's better than Mike's giving him credit. I don't have a rebuttal. I mean, I'm not really that interested in him this week. Come on. Jeff pounding the table for Kadarius Tony. He's like, I have him in Scott Fishbowl. Say something good. I would, I mean, in in normal leagues, I'm not playing Kadarius Tony this week. Yeah, I don't think I even have Kadarius Tony anywhere, so. um. (laughs) Jeff just wants to, Jeff just wants him to be good so that he can be like, see, I told everybody that the weird, dumb way he runs droughts will work. Walker, get out of my head. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I want to have happen. Um, you're starting the Ram- you're starting all your Rams in this one. Uh, it sounds like you're sitting all your Giants except for Devonte Booker if you have to in this one. Uh, I think Sterling Shepard is flexible. Sterling Shepard is flexible. Okay, so Sterling Shepard can put his leg behind his head. I don't know what that has to do with football, but <laughs> uh... definitely flexible. Ster- Sterling Shepard self suck club. <laughs> God, force it. <laughs> This episode just isn't getting edited. This is going to be marked explicit. Um, all right. I am taking the Rams and it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are my eliminator pick this week. There you go. We need, we need a, a sound for that. Like Walker's eliminator pick of the week of the week of the week. So far it's been good. I'm, I'm one of, uh, there are 34 people in our group to start the, the year and I'm one of 11 remaining. Well, that might go on much longer than you want it to, and you That's might consider okay. you might consider just taking a dive to be freed from the hell at it a is, certain point. It is extremely easy to do. It takes me about 15 seconds a week. I know, but sometimes you just want to be done with it because um, you're scared that it's going to end because you forget to do it that week. Um, I might like, have to take back my Chris Evans um, talk because I actually got to start him this week in one of my. Oh, leagues. okay, so, so he's good now. 
He's good now. Yeah. Chris okay. Evans is good now. Guys. Yeah, he's good now, guys. Okay. Uh, next one up, we got the Chiefs and the Washington football team. Chiefs, shockingly, two and three. Washington football team, a little less shockingly, two and three. Uh, this is a 55 and a half point over under with Casey as seven point uh, road favorites. And injuries in this one, uh, we got uh, Joe Thune, broken hand. Joe Thune. Thune. Uh, broken hand uh, for the uh, Chiefs. He's their left guard. Uh, Tyree Kill uh, remained sidelined with a quad injury. He had a quad contusion, and it looks like it's truly 50-50 for Tyree Kill this weekend. So keep oh, that in mind. God, another yeah. qu- qu- question that I got that doesn't matter anymore. He was limited practice today. So yeah, he's, uh, so, yeah, he's, he's truly questionable. Yeah, truly questionable. So uh, if you have been living under a rock, you don't know that CEH is on IR. That happened earlier this week. Um, so, Mike, uh, which version of Tyreek Hill are we going to get? Mike, preemptively cursed. My, my, my great questions of the week have no merit whatsoever. Uh, Mike's great questions of the week. Week, <laughs> of the week. week, week, week. Right. Um, and really... Okay, so let's just project this as a Tyreek healthy hill. Um, he's he's basically struggled in most of his games this season. In two of his five, he's had a top 24. So just two weeks, he's in the, the, the whole season, he's had top 24 perform, performances. Uh, and But he was really good. He was a wide receiver one in one and in wide receiver two, a wide receiver two in the other. So... When he's when he's in the top 24, he's either the t- top or second best receiver, making up 85 of his 117 total points. Uh, so 73 percent of his total points went when he was a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. Uh, remarkably, he's still a wide receiver two overall, but he has a, uh, scored a total of 31 points in three of the five weeks. So he's scoring like 10 points when he's not in the top five. And um, so far, he's far less consistent as he was last season um, when he missed out on the top 24 just four times. So he's done it three times thus far this year, and he only did it four times last year in total. Uh, But the Chiefs faced uh, Washington football team, and they gave up the 30 most fantasy points to wide receivers. So this really should be a week where Tyreek Hill finishes in the top five. He smashes. He smashes. Yeah, you okay. got to play. Even even if he's, you know, even though he's questionable, if he's playing, you got you to gotta play. Him. Oh, yeah. he's Yeah, if he's going to be on that field, you got to put him on, on your roster. Yeah, and I'm realizing I did not talk about Washington injuries. Uh, Antonio Gibson is questionable with the shin injury, but he should go. Um, this is the shin stuff that we learned about before the game last week. Uh, Deami Brown, questionable with the knee injury. Uh, he was limited all week, but seems likely to play. Terry McLaurin, this is an interesting um, development. He did not practice today on Friday. Um, so that's something you want to keep in mind. Um, again, injury reports for these 10 o'clock games or these 1 o'clock games, depending on your time zone, um, come out 90 minutes before kickoff. So check, check, check. You should have plenty of time to switch him out. He's you have everybody at your disposal except for uh, Jacksonville and Miami guys. Yeah, and there's there's replacements in this game. I mean, with with Hill a little bit banged up, you could you could project a bit more involvement for Michael Hardman against a terrible defense. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Adam Humphreys is probably going to get a good amount of work. So, 
um, you know, you've got pivot options in this game if you need them. Yeah, and um, Curtis Samuel is week to week. He's probably not going to practice this week. And last week, uh, when he was injured and went out, they turned to DeAndre Carter. So if you're extremely desperate, he's rostered in 1% of leagues. But if you're in one of those leagues where you might be considering him, he might be a good desperation option if there's no Terry McLaurin because he seemed to be the next man up for Curtis Samuel and um, he might be getting more targets um, this week as well. Um, So Daryl Williams, uh, another one of these injured running back uh, replacements for CEH. Um, How are we feeling about Daryl Williams this week? Because he... um, Walker, you have him around running back 20, I believe. Mike, how do you feel about him? About uh, which one? Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Uh, I, I think he's a little uh, – 20 is fine, 20, 25 to 20. Okay. So he's a guy that you should uh, that you should feel okay getting into your, your lineups if you ended up with him. Um, I can't really think of a lot of questions for this game because so many injuries are up in the air. So uh, I will just say, who are we taking? Kansas City. Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to go Kansas City. Kansas City is so bad, though. Uh, Yeah, but so is Washington football team. Um, KC. Okay. Yeah. Casey, I feel like this is one of those games where Patrick Mahomes remembers who he is and, you know, like 350 and five touchdowns are well within the, uh, the range of outcomes because the Washington defense has been bad. So Casey's going to have to throw it. So that means Washington's going to have to throw it, which means Casey will throw it more because they don't have a running back really. They have Daryl Williams and Jerick McKinnon. So, um, if Tyreek Hill is healthy, this could be a massive, massive game for either him or Travis Kelsey. Um, in this one. So, um, yeah, I think KC should have a big game in this one. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to Minnesota. I'm sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Minnesota. And I almost want to say Minneapolis and Carolina. Uh, there are no such team as the Minneapolis Vikings. Um, Adam you, Thielen. You had, can do a Trump and go Mindy Minneapolis. Minneapolis, the great state uh, or the great city of Kansas City. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adam Thielen has a foot injury. He was removed from the injury report. Uh, Justin Jefferson has an ankle injury, also removed from the injury report, so they should be good to go. Same with Dalvin Cook. So get your Dalvin Cooks going again. Get your Alexander Madisons back out of your lineup if you have them. Um, For the Panthers, probably the most annoying and impactful injury is Christian McCaffrey's hamstring. CMC will be out for this game. Um, so no Christian McCaffrey in this game. That means you Chuba Hubbard managers. You can keep rolling with him. And uh, Walker, uh, you had CMC first in your ranks, and we talked about how that was assuming uh, health for CMC. So no CMC. Where does Chuba Hubbard kind of land in this one? Let me pull up the rankings real quick and okay. fit them in there. Yeah, because this uh, is my favorite from your question, which was a curse question about CMC. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> We're hitting on all the right players. I would put him in the probably like RB, like he's a mid-tier RB2. Okay. So alongside a lot of the other guys who are coming in in one-week roles. um, Yeah, I I would like I would play him over. um, I would play Chuba over Devontae Booker. I would play Chuba over Daryl Williams. Um. 
him and Khalil Herbert would be a toss up. Okay. All right, Mike, what do you think about that? Does that sound about right to you for? Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for Chuba. For Chuba, yeah, that, that yeah. yeah, I think that's a good range, anywhere between eighteen and twenty-five for him. Um, maybe a little bit better, but yeah, I like eighteen to twenty-five. Yeah, I would start him over if I had that decision uh, over any of the um, kind of guys who popped up over this last week, just because we know what they're going to do with him and we've seen it. We don't know particularly what they're going to do with um, with uh, the other guys, with, you know, Khalil Herbert or Devontae Booker or Daryl Williams. But we've seen it with Chuba for a couple weeks now. So, yeah, I, would... I trust Herbert a little more than the other two guys because there isn't any other healthy guys. I mean, they're yanking up Ryan Nall from the practice squad and that's their backup. So Herbert will get pretty much all the touches, whereas, yeah, with Booker, there could be some split with like Gary Brightwell. Um, or they could try to get Tony more involved in like running the running game mm-hmm. with Williams. You've got McKinnon, but yeah, with, with Hubbard, it's pretty clearly they're, they're giving him the starting role right now. Yep. I'd like That's... to see Gary Brightwell more involved. That, that way it'd give me more people to write about in my rookie <laughs> piece. So, so Mike does, yeah, Mike does a weekly rookies like dynasty look at like, so you can keep track of all your dynasty rookies and he has this big chunk of guys who it's like they have not gotten a target they have not yeah. gotten a they have not seen the field uh, so yeah i i i stopped looking at that portion of mike's uh, article because i was like yeah i'm not going to double check this i i trust mike to know if somebody touched a football or not um so i'm trying to think of this game so dj moore is he a must start yes absolutely okay. Justin Jefferson, obviously a must start. I'm trying to think Absolutely. of guys this game. Adam Thielen or Robbie Anderson? Thielen. Uh, great. I don't trust either one of these guys. Uh, uh, I'm going to go Thielen. Okay. Um, so say you're in a two-quarterback league and your second and third quarterback are Sam Darnold and uh, Kirk Cousins. Who are you starting? Darnold. Yeah, I, I think it was freak. It was a bad game for Sam Darnold last week, but I think he, he's shown enough to for me to not think this was going to be a consistent basis for him being bad. As much as everybody would like to say, "Oh, look, I told you he was going to be bad," because you know he played one bad week out of the last eight. Um, so uh, yeah, no, it's I, I go with Darnold. Okay. And then uh, the Tyler Conklin Mirage seems to be gone. He's playing a lot of snaps, but um, his targets weren't there last week. We'll see how he does this week. Um, not targets a great weren't there for anybody last week, except for, I don't, I don't know what Jefferson did, but I know. Jefferson was really good, and nobody nobody else from Minnesota really did anything. Yeah, so, yeah, it was uh, eight targets for Jefferson, seven for Madison, and then three or four targets for everybody else. So really flat, like uh, – usability and all right so i don't really have any more questions for this one this was another pretty straightforward game so who are we picking in this one minnesota or carolina in what is essentially a toss-up according to vegas interesting considering they're playing carolina i'm gonna take the panthers i am taking the panthers as well yeah panthers yeah um yeah i'm taking the panthers because uh no offense to walker but the Vikings barely beat the Lions last week, so I think Carolina should have an easier time uh, taking out uh, the Vikings this week. So, 
Let's go to the last 10 a.m. game. This is the Chargers in Baltimore, 52-point over-under, Baltimore three-point favorites. Kind of annoyed this game is getting buried at 10 a.m., but uh, hopefully I can watch it. Um, Injuries in this one uh, for the Rams. um, I already mentioned Darius Williams. I was getting weirded out because I was like, wait, I talked about Darius Williams. You mean the Chargers? It's the Chargers. Yeah, that's why. That's why I pulled up the wrong Los Angeles. I was like, wait a second. What is going on here? Yes, usually I have this stuff written down, but because of where when we're recording, I'm just pulling up Roto World so that I can have um, uh, up-to-the-date stuff. So give me one second here as I screw this up. Um, so for the Ravens, let's start with the Ravens. How about that? Sammy Watkins is out with a hamstring injury. Rashad Bateman is off of IR. So one man out, one man in. Um Lamar Jackson has illness, has an illness designation, non-COVID, did not practice on Friday. I don't know what's going on with this man. Somebody said he gets sicker than a, a six-year-old um, at school because this man is always sick with something or other. Um, that seems to be it for the Ravens. For the Chargers, Mike Williams was not practicing on Thursday. That's definitely something to monitor um, because he's been a beast this year and um if he doesn't practice this weekend uh, or on Friday, definitely something to pay attention to. One thing. So we learned this week that Adam Schefter has no journalistic integrity. Let's set that aside. But one thing you can do is he Adam Schefter. Has. Yeah. Well, we know definitively now he doesn't. Um, Adam Schefter has on sun, Saturday nights scheduled for about midnight uh, Eastern. He has all these scheduled tweets about who's going to be in or who's out. So definitely check that for, um, if you're still up on the East coast and on the West coast, that's nine o'clock. So that's definitely something worth knowing because um, yeah, he apparently is the mouthpiece for all 32 teams, which we already kind of knew, but now we definitely know. Um, Also for the chargers, uh, Brian Bulaga underwent core muscle surgery. He's out indefinitely. Um, Surprise. Surprise. He's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He was a big pickup for them and uh, he's hurt. Um, that seems to be it for the Chargers. So in this one, uh, Mike wants to know about how Lamar Jackson can perform against the Chargers secondary. Lamar Jackson, who is throwing 27 times a game. Who is also one of the best passers in the league right now. Yeah, he is. He's, he's killing it right now. So Mike, what, what do you say for Lamar Jackson versus the Chargers? So outside of his week two performance against the Chiefs, um, and they give up 31 31st most points, fantasy points to quarterbacks. And the Colts uh, last week, who gave up the 29th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, Jackson has not scored in the top 12 of quarterbacks. Um, however, his average of 24 points uh, per game place him 10th. So I think anywhere between 10 and 12 is probably where we're going to find him with this uh, Chargers secondary Um I I put him um I put him at ten for the week. The Chargers, I'm a little, Chargers are fourth against quarterbacks. I'm a little confused because I thought he had two top twelve performances going into last week. No. I have him at as number two in week two and number twelve in week three. So this might be a difference in what we're lo- our data that we're looking at because um he was barely above Dak Prescott in week three, so um that could be that and i also have him as the I think number week three he finished uh 13th uh what what's your scoring that you're looking at is it six point passing it's uh ff today i think it's 
War oh, FF today. Okay, so there's the difference. FF today's default scoring is very weird. So if you look at FF today's default scoring, and this is good for people at home, uh, quarterback is, I believe, one point per 20 passing yards. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mostly play on one point per 25. That seems to be the new industry standard. I think that was the difference because I click into Yahoo, which is um, four point passing and 25 yards per point minus one for interception. So there's the difference there. Mike, we found it. We found the difference. We found it was it was a scoring setting difference. So, um, so he he should be he should be lesser on yours in week three than he is on mine. Uh, I mean in week three he's twelfth. This does not matter. Yeah, it does not matter. It's true. Uh, so uh, Mike, uh, you said you're to have him around tenth. Yeah, week? I have him anywhere between like ten and twelve for the week. Okay. Um, is Marquise Brown a must start? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Marquise yeah, Brown yeah. is, is yeah, just a complete. I mean, if you drafted Marquise Brown, you you are one happy person because you probably got him like in the eighth or ninth round, somewhere to that effect, and he is paying off top five dividends for you right now. All righty, um, we're not. I'm gonna say it, and I, this isn't a question. This is a statement. Do not start any Ravens running back. It's not a question. No, that is a statement. No. Yeah, no, they're all awful. Yeah. I would, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, so um, this one's pretty straightforward. If uh, Mike Williams plays, you play him. Keenan Allen is so. Keenan Allen is what Keenan Allen has been. Um, everybody is just disappointed because now he's the second best fantasy option on his team. But he is still doing exactly what you drafted him to do. Uh, he's on pace for 100 over 16 games, 109 catches. 1,181 receptions, which is basically what he's done uh, the last four years. The only problem is the touchdowns aren't there yet. So once the touchdowns come, you'll feel much better about Keenan Allen. Um, this is just going to be a rough week for the Chargers uh, passing game because uh, Baltimore is very good, I believe. Um, trying to think. Uh, Mark Andrews is a must start. Uh, Jared Cook. Um, Jared Cook fringe, or... Fringe tight end one. Yeah, t- French title on Jared Cook or uh, Mike Kosicki? Kosicki. Yeah, I, I, it's another one of those that are, when you're talking about tight ends, 10 and 11 are the same thing as 10 and 15. So it's like, um, I guess if we have to pick a point, I'm going to go with the other guy that's not named Mike Kosicki because without. Uh, Jacoby Brissett targeting him as much as he's been. It's been not good for him. Dare you. You're off the podcast, Mike. That's my boy. It's my large, <laughs> it's my large it's adult out. son. Um, Jared Cook or Tyler Higby? Cook. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go Higby. Higby. Jared Cook or Big Bob Tunyon? Oh, God. Cook. Jared Cook. <laughs> there you go. Anyone yeah. or... Tunyon is the the anyone. It's Jordan Akins or Big Bob Tunyon. <laughs> Jordan Akins. I might go uh, Akins on that. Yeah. Tunyon I have is to, not in my top twenty-five tight ends. I am in a dynasty league uh, where I don't know what happened. I had George Kittle, and then I had a bunch of speculative guys. None of them panned out, and um, it, or ended up on IR. And I am starting Jordan Akins this week because Woo-hoo. that's who is available on the waiver wire. Um, so uh, Chargers or Baltimore in this one? Uh, I'm going with the Chargers. Yeah, Baltimore isn't should have lost um, on Monday Night Football. 
it took the complete tire secondary for the Colts to collapse and get injured uh, for them to win. Uh, Yeah, Chargers should win this game. All right, so Chargers. So Chargers across the board. Um, Let's go ahead and move to the afternoon games. Uh, We only have three afternoon games because of the four bye teams. Um, By the way, Robert Tanyan is now the tight end 33 on the year. Because he's bad, folks. He scored one touchdown and then has done nothing else. Oh, that's right. I am not starting uh, Jordan Aikens in that league. I'm starting Ian Thomas. There's Uh, another name that was supposed to be something. uh, Gross. That is the name of a player who plays football. He definitely is on a football roster. That that you cannot deny. Mm-hmm. As right. an undeniable fact. Um, sorry, I'm double checking to make sure I actually got him off of waivers because otherwise I am in big trouble. Uh, okay, I would rate you I'm already in big trouble. All right, so Arizona and Cleveland. Um, forgot to mention this at top. Uh, Zachers cannot play this weekend. It was a big question on Fantasy Twitter today. Like... Uh, because they're like, would I get points for both games? Like, that would be amazing. Um, but uh, CBA says you can only play one game a week. So Zacharis has already played his game. Uh, Kyler Murray has a shoulder injury. He injured it in the fourth quarter of the 49ers game. He was limited in practice again. Um, wouldn't be concerning except for last year's shoulder injury kind of derailed his season in the second half. He was on pace to have one of the best uh, fantasy quarterback seasons ever. And then the shoulder injury kind of left him a compromised QB. So I'm not worried yet, but it's just something that I want to pay attention to. Uh, Chase Edmonds was a limited participant with a shoulder injury on Thursday. Um, This was the same shoulder injury that bothered him last week. He seemed to be limited in snaps last week because of it. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had an illness um, on Thursday. Again, it's 12.30 a.m. or p.m. We don't have news of Cardinals Friday practice, so that's something to monitor. Um, I'm worried about Kyler Murray's injury. I don't know if any updates on that. And DeAndre Hopkins, he's, I think he's fully recovered. He looked very good um, in the receptions and targets that he got last week. He didn't look hampered by what he was suffering through the previous two or three weeks. Yeah, but Mike, what if he has diarrhea now? Diarrhea of the mouth? No, he's he's out with an illness. We don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. Well, why is he sick? He can't be sick. He's DeAndre he's a Hopkins. Human. He's a human. These things happen. Oh, not not to DeAndre Hopkins. No. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Cleveland injury. Nick Chubb with a calf injury is out this week. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Kareem Hunt is a must start, I would say, if he plays, because he did not participate in practice on Thursday and is questionable for this weekend. So, um is Demetric Felton, Dearness Johnson, or nobody the move here if he doesn't play? Uh, Felton is being used as a wide receiver. So yeah, I mean, I God, I guess you can play Dearness Johnson if neither of them play, but like, I wouldn't say he's a great play. So, so I go spend a hundred percent of your fab like we did last year for. Dearness, I only spent forty-one percent, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, 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 sir. I, I did 80%, so you beat me. <laughs> Good Lord, I thought my 40% was bad. Um, yeah, no, I went full in on Dearness Johnson because he looked spectacular in that game that he took over um, again when Hunt and um, Chubb went out. And I was like, this guy, he's going to be a super stud. And then the guy, I think, what, one carry the next week or something yeah, like that? Yeah, 
Well, I have to, I have to thank Dearness Johnson because I had, so I have a dynasty league where I had Dearness Johnson or uh, Nick Chubb and then um, Dearness Johnson, you know, next man up. That's where I spent 40% of my fab. He, you know, what did the bed and I blew the team up and traded uh, Nick Chubb for a hall of picks. And now I am four and one in that dynasty league. <laughs> Cause well, I ended up, not bad. yeah, well, I ended up trading two of those picks for Matthew Stafford and Brandon cooks. So I'm feeling very good about that. So um, I actually, was... yeah, I, I traded Madison too. Actually, I think the Madison pick became uh, Matthew Stafford. So um, yeah, I'm four and one in that league now. So thank you, Dearness Johnson for causing me to get angry and blow up my team. Um, <laughs> Because it, the rewards. Yeah, it worked out well for me. Um, so, okay. Oh, man, I, I benched Antonio Brown yesterday. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Anyways, um, Walker, your question. Ouch. Yeah, your Walker. Walker, your question for this one is David Njoku in the top 12. And my answer is I don't think so. Um, I wouldn't trust what happened last week. I think it was more of a the game kind of just – devolved into huck the ball over the place and uh and joku was the beneficiary of that he also had a huge long touchdown um i don't know i just don't find it super repeatable um i would say he's the number one tight end there right now but it's it's not a consistent enough role to be projectable as top 12 every week yet okay um so christian kirk or odell beckham jr who are we starting in this game? Odell. So Walker is going to go with the track record and Mike's going to go with the recent production. Walker's going Odell. Mike's going Kirk. I'm going uh, jump off a jump off a cliff if those are your <laughs> options, because that's a problem. Um, trying to think who else here. You're starting Kyler. You're not starting Baker in a one quarterback league. Um, we don't know what's going on with the running backs on either side. So let's just see who, uh, who who we think is going to win? I'm picking the Browns to take to knock off the last undefeated team in the league. I am also taking the Browns. I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna go Cardinals here. Ooh, Mike loves the Cardinals. He's always talking about how much he loves the Cardinals. I like the Redbirds. The Redbirds. All right, next one up, we have an AFC East matchup: Vegas and Denver. Both are three and two. Uh, 44 point over under Denver, three and a half point home favorites um, injuries in this one. Josh Jacobs has an illness. He returned to practice. Everybody's getting sick. Uh, Peyton Barber has turf toe, but he's practicing in full. So he's good. Um, Rich Bisaccia was named the interim head coach after the John Gruden stuff. This is another, uh, if you don't know about this, you were under a rock situation. So we're not going to get into that. And then for Denver injuries, Melvin Gordon returned to practice on Thursday, limited with a hip issue, um, which is funny because on Wednesday it was a lower leg. So I don't know what happened there. Um, those are the only. Uh, yeah. Transfers over. It's like, oh, yeah. wait, it's not bad. He's like he's doing the thing where he's like, it hurts here and here and here. And it turns out he has a broken finger. Um, <laughs> that 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 old canard, that old joke. Uh, Mike wants to know what changes are we going to start seeing? And I assume this means in Las Vegas, Mike. Yes, in Las Vegas with the new coach, Rich Basicia. Uh So just a little bit of background for him. Um, number one, I thought it was interesting that they went with this guy who has not had had a coaching head coaching position yet when Tom Cable 
Rod Marinelli and Gus Bradley, who have all had head coaching positions, um, were, you know, swept under the bus, I guess. Uh, I don't I don't know what what or where that came from as far as Rich Basicia, but I guess, you know, he has, um, you know, he has his reasons. But anyways, as far as Basicia goes, he's 61. He's been coaching for 38 years uh, in the NFL and the collegiate level. He played. He was a player in the USFL, which was interesting. Um, Jesus. Yeah, that's how long ago. Um, and then uh, began his coaching career at Wayne State College. 50 bucks to anybody who can tell me where Wayne State College is. Um, he spent a year. Coaching Nebraska. Eight. Why not? Right. Um, it is Nebraska. Eight. I looked it up. Give me the 50 bucks. <laughs> Um, he spent, is it actually Nebraska? Uh, I believe so. You might be right. Um, I should, I should, let's cut that out of the video. Um, uh, or out of the podcast. State Nebraska, baby. God damn it. He's, he spent a year coaching defensive backs and special teams, uh, before he went to quarterbacks and wide receivers for four years. And then in 2002 is when he began his NFL career with John Gruden, um, who hired him as a special teams coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He did spend some time under Norv Turner um, as in the San Diego Charger uh, organization, and then took a job with as a Dallas Cowboys uh, special teams coordinator. So if, if you get the picture here, this guy has just been a special teams coach um, pretty much uh, in, in the NFL. And why we would skip over Tom Cable, Rob Marinelli, Gus Bradley, I, I don't, I still don't know the answer to that one. Um, but he is a very good special teams coordinator. He took a team that was ranked 29th in 2012 and took them to be a top five unit in 2013. And then when Gruden returned back with the Raiders, uh, he Gruden made that hire with Basicia to be their special teams coordinator and assistant coach. So that's why he's with the Raiders and a special teams coordinator going to make a lot of changes in this unit. We'll, we'll see. All right. I think that was pretty thorough breakdown of the, um, uh, of the coaching change there. So, uh, I don't know what to ask. I'm I'm at a loss for questions here. Uh, Cortland Sutton, are we trusting what happened last week? Are we starting Cortland Sutton this week? I'm starting him in my home league. Hell yeah, Cortland Sutton in your lineup, baby. Uh, what I, about? Oh, go I ahead. Put Mike. him over. Uh, what's his name? Um, who is Tyler Lockett? I, I chose Cortland Sutton over Tyler Lockett. Mm. Fair. That is fair. That's a fair uh, fair move given the uh, the change, the quarterback change in uh, Seattle. Um, trying to think, Vegas and Denver. Uh, duh, duh, duh. So we got Teddy Two Gloves back. We got Derek Carr or Teddy Two Gloves in a two quarterback league. Carr. That's, uh, not, that's an automatic answer for me. Carr. You could say Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr. I'm going to say Derek Carr. This guy loves Derek Carr. I love Derek Carr. Um. Teddy. Teddy Two Gloves? You're wrong. It's not Teddy. It's Derek Carr. <laughs> Mike's got a point there. Um, You're wrong. Javante, yeah, Williams. Javante Williams or Josh Jacobs? Jacobs. Derek Carr. Melvin Gordon or Josh <laughs> Jacobs? Um, Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr. 
Derek Carr. All right, start Derek Carr at your running back slot if you can. Um, Javante Williams, uh, I was thinking about it. Um, everybody's complaining on Twitter about Javante Williams not breaking through yet, but all offseason we said he is more likely than not to be this year's uh, Cam Akers. So this is kind of what on this podcast and, you know, this fantasy football entity, at least we kind of saw this coming for Javante and Melvin Gordon has successfully held him off. Melvin Gordon hasn't been bad. Thinking thinking serenely about the fact that we were exactly correct about the Denver backfield. Yes. (laughs) And and it's, it's all about, yeah, those people that are complaining are those that I, I could pretty much guarantee that they're uh, managers of Javante Williams. Because yeah, oh, absolutely. Javante 100%. Williams dynasty managers, and they're like, oh, uh, broken tackle percentage. Uh, uh. Big yeah. play rate. Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, Mel- Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams have been extremely similar so far this season, and that's why they're getting fairly similar shares of the snaps. Exactly. Yeah. Neither one of them have buffed the other one from, you know, sharing the load and that's just the way it is until one of them gets hurt. Melvin Gordon right now is RB 20 and uh, what, uh, what's his name? Um, Williams Javante. is Javante. Where are you Javante? Uh, 32. Yeah. So, so there's, well, he might be higher if he didn't get caught from behind on his long touchdown run. Like Melvin Gordon did not. Um, there's an adage in, in baseball circles and it has regards to closers. And I kind of use this thought process with running backs as well. It's a two part, uh, series of events for a backup running back to take over for a starter. Not only does the backup running back have to ball out, but the starting running back has to do something to lose his job. And at this point, Melvin Gordon has not done anything to lose his job other than anger fantasy Twitter. Right. Um, so it's it's a two-part process to that. So that's kind of why we thought Melvin Gordon was going to hang around a little bit this year. I do still think that, you know, Javante Williams, all he needs is like an injury to Melvin Gordon. Like this could be the week Melvin Gordon's dealing with an injury and he could take the lead. But it was always a season-long play with Javante Williams. It was not a instant gratification move. Um, like we said offseason, remember why you drafted a player. Remember what you thought the player was going to do. And um, go from there. So, and, then, and there's really no reason for it to either, either, because if you're starting Melvin Gordon, uh, at least in a, you should be in at least in a flex position because he is an RB20, mm-hmm. then you should be starting, um, which we'll call it either, Javante Williams, because this guy refuses only, to learn Javante Williams' name. I, I can't Mike, get his name. Mike's like, I, who's I, it? What should we call it? This guy? That guy from Denver. Um, Javian? Yeah, JV. No, um, not that one. Devante <laughs> um, is only 10, 10 points behind Gordon. Yeah, and he got he got tracked from behind on a long touchdown, and Melvin Gordon didn't, and that's pretty much the difference between them at this point. You right. know, other than that, it's less than a point per game. So, um, yeah, it's they're tracking extremely similarly, like like we figured would happen. Um, all right, Denver or Vegas? I'm taking Denver. Denver. God, what happened to well Vegas is in total disarray now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Denver should win this game. Okay. I yeah, think I'm, Derek Carr is going to win this game. Yeah, Derek Carr by himself. He's yeah. going to be like Bugs Bunny in the cartoon where he's playing all bit positions in baseball. He's going to be playing all positions in football and win the game. 
All right, you heard it here first, folks. A, an unprinted, unprecedented move from the Vegas uh, Raiders. So next game up, uh, two really young upcoming quarterbacks in this league, <laughs> Dak Prescott and Mac Jones. Sorry, I don't know why I thought that would be funny. 51 point over under Dallas, three and a half point favorites. Uh, Damian Harris was dealing with ribs and chest injury all week. He was upgraded to a limited practice on Thursday. So that's something to keep in mind to watch. Um, he... Looks like he should be playing in this one, um, but we'll see what happens because he did have the fumble as well. So maybe he might end up in the doghouse. Who knows? Um, for the other side, the Cowboys uh, have uh, Trayvon Diggs as a game time decision, and that is a um, big deal because yeah, he has been he's had a pick in I believe every game this year. Every game, yep. yep. So that's a that's a big deal for the um, for the Cowboys and for this uh, this passing game um, for Mac Jones. Um, other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, Zeke Elliott has a ribs injury and was limited in Thursday's practice, but he's expected to play. Um, and um, that's it as far as injuries go. So Walker, in this one, you want to know will Jacoby Myers score? I think that oh. should be the question until he scores. <laughs> and you have to say no until he does. Um, but I do think he's playable uh, in a flex slot this week. He should, in a game where Dallas should score some points, I would expect New England to have to throw a little bit. Their, Dallas's secondary, while improved, still isn't very good. Um, and I would say that Myers is not going to see a whole lot of Trayvon Diggs because he's not really going down the field at all. So, right, so he'll he'll get a lot of those short area targets. I would expect, you know, close to double-digit targets for him this week, if not double digits. He's probably going to end up with something like a 7-for-70 seven type line. Um, will he score? Probably not, but he'll definitely get you a flex-worthy game. Okay. Sounds good. Um, are we worried about... I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. I, every Every player in this feels like they're in a different tier, so I'm not quite sure who to ask about uh dalton schultz has he moved into uh the top end of the blob is he a guy you're kind of going out of your way to start he's not in the blob anymore he's he's transcended the blob in my opinion he's post blob yeah post blob dalton schultz um i think he's a every week must start okay mike what do you think yeah, as long as they keep the offense doing what they've been doing, it's in the same and it's working. I don't, I don't see why um, he's not a, a set and forget guy. I mean, he's he's really up there with those top five tight ends right now. Um, if if you watch how the Cowboys run their offense, it's very much feed Ezekiel, feed Ezekiel, feed Ezekiel, and then we're gonna dump off a five yard pass to Dalton Schultz, and it's it's almost continuously the same play same play same play um and until they change that which again i don't see why they would unless defense's coordinators start stopping it then yeah he's he's easily a, a set and forget tight end yeah uh, and uh it's uh feed zeke feed zeke feed zeke put in pollard feed him for a little bit yeah and then go- throw him in there for a bit yep yeah uh here's one tony pollard or damian harris uh, Pollard. I, I think I'm going to go Pollard here. I think Damian Harris is slipping his his positioning, slipping to unfortunately to Ramondre Stevenson, who's hey, 
But I think we'll start seeing a lot more Ramondre Stevenson because Damian Williams is fumbling the ball, is not is not um, producing, um, you know, very much. Well, either Ramondre Stevenson, but Stevenson doesn't fumble the ball. So I, I, I'll go with Pollard. Okay, sounds good. Uh, we're starting C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yes. Um, you're definitely starting Lamb, I think. Cooper, I could see scenarios where you didn't, but in most cases, yeah, he should be in your lineups. Okay, Mike? I'm, I'm pretty partial because I have C.D. Lamb in my home league, and I am starting him. But I, he's just a very much of a three-reception, three four-reception guy who catches a, a long pass or is – they catch, they get him in space, and he and he has that wonderful um, yards after catch ability because obviously he's a punt returner as well. So he knows how to maneuver in space and set up defenders and do all those kind of things. And he's he's definitely one of the better yards after catch guys. So, but he's not. If if, if you're looking for receptions and targets, he's just not that person. So. It's, it's a difficult call because the targets aren't there, and I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess you have to start him, but I don't like it. All right, that was that was a, a, a long walk to get there, Mike. Because so, it, he's so he's so good. He's such a very. I mean, his receiving. He's a very good. Runs good routes. Does everything you want from a receiver. He's just not getting the targets. He's getting very, very minimal targets, and it, do you can you do you want someone that is just only a boom bust player for your roster, even though how good he is? So, you know, I don't know. It's tough. Okay, sounds good. Um, who are we taking in this one? I think it's pretty easy. I'm taking Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas should definitely uh, dominate this game. Yeah, I'm not sure why it's a three and a half point. Let me see how this line has changed. Uh, it's gone Dallas three, so um, it's going down. Huh? Yeah, I guess so, it's New England because it's in New England. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't understand it. Um, but I want to hey. be one of. The, I want to get a job in Vegas and learn what the hell they know and see and how they figure these things out. Well, let us know, Mike. Um, all right, let's go to Sunday Night Football. Seattle 2-3 and three, at Pittsburgh, also 2-3. and 42.5 point over under. Pittsburgh, five-point favorites. Injury in this one, no Russell Wilson. Um, he returned to practice on Thursday? That's insane. This is, I think this is Russell Wilson try-hard. Um, try-hard situation. Uh, Chris Carson remained sidelined at practice on Thursday. So keep that in mind for this weekend. Uh, this is the Sunday night game, so you will want a pivot. Um, either in this game or the Monday night football game, if you're leaning on Carson. Um, DK Metcalf was downgraded to did not practice on Thursday. So that's another another problem for the uh, for the Seahawks. And uh, Gerald Everett came off of the COVID list. So there is that. Um, for the Steelers, um, we already talked about Juju got put on IR uh, with the shoulder injury. He is out for the year. Um, uh Chase Claypool was limited in Wednesday's practice, but it's not a concern. James Washington was limited with a groin in Wednesday's practice, also not a concern. Um, so in, uh, in this one, Mike, you want to know if Najee Harris will have five straight weeks of top 20 production? Yes, let's move on. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I mean, he's a monster. Yes. 
Yeah, it, 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 he's um, in the last four weeks, he's had three weeks of top 12 uh, and one week of top 20. Uh, he's he's just been very difficult to stop, regardless of it's him running the ball or catching the pass. He's an RB3 on the year, just behind Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler. Uh, and they face the Seahawks, who struggle against stopping the run, allowing 26 most fantasy points, which is tied with the Dolphins. So we all know how bad the Dolphins are. Uh, Seahawks are just as worse. So they've given up four straight games of 100 yards on the ground. And absolutely, he, he should be top 12, if not top five, by the end of the week. Yeah, I was going to say, he might be top five, if not top three. Um, yeah, he might be top three. I mean, he's he's doing exactly what the people who believed in Najee Harris would, what we thought he would do. He would get everything, all of he's, the touches, all of the carries, all of the targets, all of the snaps, everything. He's doing what we thought CEH would do last year. Yeah, that's true. He is doing what we thought CEH would do last year. And I think we mentioned that in a podcast where we were like, are people being cautious with Najee Harris because of CEH last year? Um, cause CEH let us down, you know, cause people forget that they are two different players in two different situations. And all we, all we want to do is find the new version of whatever happened last year. Um, cause we love patterns. All right. Uh, let's see if DK Metcalf plays DK Metcalf, considering he's hobbled DK Metcalf or Chase Claypool. Metcalf. Oh yeah. Metcalf. I... Lockett or Claypool. I mean, I have them back to back in my rankings. Uh, uh, Lockett, I guess. Okay, Mike. Uh, I uh, Lockett as well. I think Claypool is just one of those guys that are. He might do something, but most often than not, he's not going to do anything. Um. Let me see here. Uh, Deontay Johnson or DK Metcalf? Um, with Metcalf banged up, I'll go Deontay. I like that call. Um, yeah, I agree, too. Especially when you're having uh, the quarterback from the Seahawks throwing the ball. Um, what's his name? Yeah, that guy. Um, Lockett or Deontay? Uh, I got it. Deontay. Oh, okay. Easy. Easy. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so who are we picking in this one? I am Gino Smith. Go... I just remembered. Oh, Gino Smith. Gino Smith or Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, wow. Ben. Uh, <laughs> That's a tough one. I'll go but with Gino. No. <laughs> if A, your league doesn't count interceptions, and B, uh, because he's going to run the ball more than Roethlisberger will. So that should secure his floor. Okay. Um, who are we picking to win this one? Pittsburgh. Jamesies. I'm gonna go. Oh uh, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Mike. Mike almost went contrarian there. I, I I did. I was thinking Russell Wilson was the quarterback after I just just named Geno Smith the quarterback. So yeah, it's it's definitely um, Pittsburgh. All right, sounds good. So let's move on to Monday Night Football. Buffalo and Tennessee, 54-point over-under. Buffalo, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, 
I want this one to be a shootout, but I know it's just going to be another Buffalo Bills primetime shellacking of the uh, Tennessee Titans. So uh, A.J. Brown, full participant in Thursday's practice, as was Julio Jones. They're both dealing with hamstring injuries, so they should be good to go for this weekend. Um, Those are the only injury notes for Tennessee. For Buffalo, um, I don't see anything here for Buffalo. They seem to be full go from everybody. So, Walker, you want to know if Dawson Knox can be a top five tight end once again this week. Yeah, and I think the answer is yes. Um, I think, you know, Tennessee's defense is not good. Knox is playing a ton of snaps. Um, This is a game I would expect the Bills to score a lot of points, so I think Knox will get in the end zone. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he'll be a top five tight end, you know, every week the rest of the season, but I think this is another week where you've got to play him. Okay. Um, trying to think here who we should start Emmanuel Sanders or Julio Jones this week. Um, Manny Sanders to me, Manny. Yeah. Cause Julio has been banged up. Um, are we so Cole Beasley? I just want to mention real quick because uh, I see him still hanging around on on fantasy rosters. Uh, they don't use him anymore. Um, he's had four targets in the last two games. Hell, they uh, don't the, use Stefan Diggs anymore. Yeah, well, Stefan Diggs, they're they're doing just downfield shots with, and that's it. Uh, he leads the league in downfield shots right now. But other than that, yeah, his whole his whole like guaranteed role that he had last year has kind of fallen apart. Um, so I think that, I mean, this game's pretty straightforward. You're starting uh, Josh Allen. You're starting, are we starting Zach Moss? Yeah, probably. I'm, I'm not. Um, I mean, you have to have better options than Zach Moss, I would imagine. I mean, Zach Moss is what, top 25, 30 um, guy, if that. Well, I mean, Mike, let's look at the running backs who are out this week. Cordell Patterson, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Damian Williams, Saquon Barkley, CEH, CMC, uh, maybe Jamal Williams, maybe Kareem Hunt, uh, maybe Chris Carson, maybe Damian well, Harris. I mean, you might right. be out of options here. Yeah, yeah. If, if if Zach Moss is appealing, appealing start if your top two running backs are either A, injured or on a bye week. So at tw- top 25, uh, you know, Zach Moss if your two guys are out, then definitely he's going to be someone you're going to start. Okay. All right. I think Walker has a little bit more faith in Zach Moss than Mike. Um, I, I just just don't, I I mean, I I don't like, I don't think Zach Moss is that good, but again, just Baltimore, Baltimore Buffalo is going to score a lot of points. So I think there's a good chance Moss scores. And with all the bye weeks, I, I think that, you know, he's a, he's a good flex guy. He, okay. he makes a good flex guy, and they've been using him more. Josh Allen isn't running um, as much in down in the you know five zone as he was in the previous years. They so Zach Moss has some flex um, appeal there as well. So it, it's you know there is a reason why Zach Moss is in the top twenty five of running backs. But yeah, I, I, to me, I'd rather go with people that are above him. And as as Walker said, he's not a great running back. He's someone that just runs through the gaps and falls forward. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So um, let's see here. Oh, we talked about Dawson Knox. PFF had Zach Moss as their number one running back. In the draft. Insane. 
PFF yeah. does weird things. PFF, yeah, it's weird stuff. So, all right, uh, I'm taking Buffalo in this one in a fairly uh, straightforward shellacking. Oh, I know, right? Are we starting Ryan Tannehill? Are we running no. him out there? Are we? Yes, that's what I would. What happened to do. Ryan Tannehill? Holy mackerel! He turned into the Miami Dolphins Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Derrick Henry gets all the the carry, gets all the touches. That's what happened to Ryan Tannehill. Well, Derrick Henry got all the touches last year too. And the uh, that. Well, I mean, Derrick Henry scored like eight touchdowns already this year, so uh, that's what's happening. Is uh, Derrick Henry's taken all the uh, the touchdown scoring? So like Ryan Tannehill. His scoring hasn't been bad except for the touchdowns. But, yes, I am benching Ryan Tannehill if I can. So, as a big Ryan Tannehill truther, uh, it hurts me to say it. So, um, I'm taking Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, yeah, Buffalo should dominate this game. All right. Uh, Mike, do you have results from last week for uh, the uh, the game? Yes, the I do. Game? All right, let's get those picks, and then we will get out of here. So Walker, returning champion with 13 correct. Um, Woo! Jeff had 11, and I had 8. So overall, Walker with 23, Jeff with 18, and I am in third place with 17. This guy. This guy. This is my revenge for the uh, DFS last year. <laughs> I'm going I'm to fall comfortably into second place ahead of Mike. That's my plan. So. All right. Uh, do you guys have anything to add? Let me do one last refresh of Roto World to see if there's anything to talk about. Um, uh, I just saw Mike Williams stuff. didn't practice today either. Oof. Ooh, that's not good. So that's not good. reasonable chance he does not play in that case. Um, it's a one. It's an early game, so uh, you'll have plenty of pivot options if you want to go in that game. Jalen Guyton is the next guy up for them. Um, Keenan Allen, obviously, you fire him up. Austin Eckler should get even more work in that case. Um, but yeah, you'll have plenty of pivot options if Williams is out. Yeah. So, um, all right, we will get out of here. But first, let me list all of the players we will not have this week, just so we know how, what what boat we're in because of buys and injury. Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Cordell Patterson, Alvin Kamara, George Kittle, David Montgomery, Devonte Parker, Damian Williams, Rodrigo Blankenship. Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, CEH, CMC, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, Russell Wilson, Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe Tyreek, Jamal Williams, A-Rob, Mike Williams, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Chris Carson, and DK Metcalf. I list all that because I say good freaking luck this week, folks. I hope the injury bug did not bite your team too hard um, and you uh, have a good shot of winning this week. So thanks for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday to review all of the questions from this episode as well as everything else from every game this week. So for Mike and Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and you have a good one. Derek Carr by himself. Derek Carr, baby.